Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Hey, I'm glad to be here today. How many of you guys are ready for the Word of God? Huh? I'm excited to be starting off our new series, Mixtape, My City Mixtape. And I got a great word to share with you guys that is arguably one of the most important things that we could know in our entire lives. And next to salvation and following Jesus, it's, it's like, how do I know what God wants me to do? Wouldn't you guys all like to know the will of God for your life? Right? Just a few of you. All right, I'm going to be preaching about 10 over here, about eight over here. How many of y'all would want to know the will of God for your life? I believe God has a will for each and every single person. And uh, I'm going to be sharing with you one verse that uh, I have, uh, I had as a little tiny thing that I memorized as a little kid, I put it uh, on my desk before I would go to sleep. And it was Colossians 3.17. This will be kind of like the the verse that'll encompass the entire message today. It's Colossians 3.17, and it reads as follows. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'm excited to share with you today during our mixtape series because about, the best thing about a mixtape is that you don't really know what you're going to get. And you could throw it in. I mean, it's, it's a, this is called the cassette tape for our Gen Z in here. Those used to go on like a radio, and it, it's like an old CD that you used to play, and you could put all sorts of songs. A CD was like a disc that you could put different songs on, and you could play. You only could pick like 12 songs or 10 songs, depending on how long it is. This cassette tape you could have maybe six, maybe 10 as well, uh, but it would have all sorts of different music on there. And what I love about this mixtape series is you're gonna hear so many different words over the next eight weeks that we feel like God is speaking to our church. So it's not necessarily within a topic, although the, each Sunday will have a specific word that we are going to be sharing with you today, but you're gonna be hearing from some different voices as well. So we're gonna be shouting down some people as well that'll be taking this platform, being able to share with this wonderful people of My City Church. So I am looking forward to My City Mixtape and I am looking forward to sharing with you today's message, which is called Step by Step. Step by Step. I'm excited to share with you the word of God today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your word is true. We pray that you would speak to us today. God, here I am your vessel. Use me. Father, we pray that each word, we thank you that it does not return void, but it accomplishes the word the the purpose for which you sent it. So, Father God, we pray over the word. We pray that you'd open our eyes to see you, open our ears to hear you, God. We thank you that your word is is active, uh, penetrating to our innermost being, God, dividing bone and marrow. So, Father God, we pray that you would speak to us today. We know that a hungry man knows how to eat. And right now, God, we're saying that we're hungry for you, and we pray that you would speak to us today. And just right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus today. I got a question for everyone here today. Is how many of you regularly, when I say regularly, I mean about once a week, use a a map app, whether it be Google Maps or Apple Maps? How many of y'all use Google Maps to get here? How many of you guys use like maps to get everywhere? Huh? 
it's, it's kind of an incredible thing. How many of you guys still use the old Atlas map? You, get, you still have one in your car, even though you have a phone that has maps on it, the big old Atlas maps that has all the interstates. And, and what I love about Google Maps is that you can put in a, a destination and the maps will tell you which way to go. Now, Google Maps is arguably way better than Apple Maps, just saying it there. It is way better than Apple Maps. Apple Maps was leading people into lakes. You guys remember when that first came out? It was like driving people in the lakes. It was saying, drive into this tree here. And so Google Maps is my, pr my, my preference uh, when it comes to uh, navigating. Now, I am pretty well versed when it comes to directions north, south, east, and west, and also streets, addresses. You know, what does is, what is north 120th Street mean, and what is south 120th Street? Basically, it's north of Dodge, south of Dodge. So is that new news to anyone? No, it's up to some people. So I was well versed because my dad taught me how to, how to know maps and roads and, and streets, you know, from east to west, lower numbers, higher numbers, and that's how it all works. But what I notice about Google Maps is that I can just put in a destination and it'll do all the work for me. It'll tell me where to go. It'll even calculate my speed and how fast I am going. And so I love the fact that there is Google Maps to get where we want to go in our car but how many of you wish that there was like a Google Maps for our life, right? Like I wish that there was a Google Maps for my life. How many of you want to know God's will for your life? I want to know God's will for my life. What if there was, what is God's maps, quote unquote, for our lives? What is God's will for our life? And what I believe is that each and every single person in here has a destiny. You have a will, an ultimate desire that God has laid out before you. Before you were ever born, God has set it in place. God said to Abraham, I will make you a father of many nations. Now, we're not all Abraham in here, but the bottom line is that before you were formed, he knew you, and he has plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has plans for your life. God, your life is not like a court of law where you have evidence and you collect evidence and then you determine a verdict no God actually gives you a verdict first and along your life you actually collect evidence to support the thing that God has spoken over you so I can go into life knowing first that God is good and now it actually opens my eyes this is what faith is it opens my eyes to see how God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I can see even in my hard times, even in my dark times, that God still uses the things that were brought against me to destroy me for his good. That's how faith works. Can I tell you today that even though many of us don't know our end destination, God knows it. And God knows it, and he actually asks us to seek it out. And this is the great thing about God is that I do not believe that you will ever fully arrive here on earth. God, when God spoke to Abraham, you'll be a father of many nations. He had one kid. That's all he saw. What I found in our lives is that we actually are called to fulfill a part of a grander mission of God. That it's not always just about you and what God has for you, but it's actually a much grander scheme, scream, a much grander scheme that God has that he's going on in our lives. So there's a lot more going on, and we have a part to play in that. And in that part, though, there's little steps that we're called to take. This is how I like to call them. It's just little steps, just little things in the Word of God. You know how Google Maps says, turn left here. In a quarter mile, it kind of gives you a notice. In a quarter mile, turn right. Thank God they came out with that update, because that was tough when they didn't have it, because it would just say, turn right, and you'd be in the left lane, and you'd have to cross over three lanes of traffic to turn right. 
So do you believe though today that God orders your steps? The steps that you have in going towards the will of God and going for the thing that God has for you, I don't think, let me just backtrack a little bit, I don't think you will ever fully arrive at accomplishing your purpose here on earth because a heart that actually acquires what God has for it is actually a heart that desires that while I'm still alive, I know I'm still alive for a purpose. So it never fully arrives. We actually are called as believers to die in faith, to die in faith, to die believing, to live our full lives believing for the things of heaven to come to earth. And I know that as we do that though, God orders our steps, the good steps and the bad steps. Psalm 37, 23 says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. A little bit of old school New King James. He's delighteth in his way. Can I tell you that God orders your steps? But this verse right here was written by arguably the greatest mixtape person to ever live. And that was written by my man, King David. King David was a, a he, he was a fighter, he was a warrior, but he was also a musician. Those are two things that don't often go together. You never really hear someone like, hey man, you wanna mess with him? No, nah, man, I ain't gonna go near him. That guy could, could beat you up. If you even think about beating him up, you're gonna die. It's an inside joke a little bit, but if you even think about beating him up, you don't even wanna go near that guy. And you know what else I heard about him? He plays a mean harp. You're like, you don't put those two things together, but that was King David. King David, David wrote this towards the end of his life, Psalm 37, a little bit towards the end of his life. But everything that we see that David did at the beginning of his life tends to contradict what he wrote towards the end of his life. Because he doesn't say this as you read about his life in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, you'll actually see him making choices that now in hindsight he looks back and he says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighted in his way. But it doesn't look like David's steps are very ordered. If you took a moment to reflect on David's life, yes, he was a little shepherd boy and he was taking care of the sheep and then he gets anointed to be king. But after he gets anointed to be king, he goes back to take care of the sheep. And then he has the opportunity to, to play a, a harp in front of the king because he was a skilled musician. He actually, actually had the, the ability to kill Goliath the giant who was a Philistine. But then we find as he does these things, he gets brought into the care of Saul. And when we say the steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord, what we see happening here is God uses actually Saul in his season and David in his season to prepare David to be the man that God has called him to be. So Saul now starts to get jealous of David. So much so that when David's playing the harp, the beautiful ding in front of him, Saul grabs a spear and yells out, I'm going to pin him to the wall. Throws a spear at him. And David eluded it twice. And then he figured out, I'm probably not going to be too safe around Saul. So it doesn't look like David's steps are very ordered. Now you know, you have the ability of hindsight. You have the ability to look at David's life and say, well, evidently we could see how God used that for good. But what about for your life right now? What about for our lives right now? Do we have the ability to look into the future and say, you know what, I can see how God is using this season right here that I am in. So we fast forward David's life a little bit and he's running away from Saul and we find him in a place known as Ziklag. Ziklag is not a part of Israel's country. It is actually in Philistine country, you know, where he killed 
Goliath. Goliath was from, he was a Philistine. And he's in a place called Ziklag. Quite an odd place to find a future king. I want you to take note of that. That's an odd place to find a future king. Now he's sitting in Ziklag and then he hears the death of King Saul. Not only King Saul, but of his close friend and almost like a brother to him, Jonathan. And he gets the news of this. And so once he receives the news, he starts to write a lament. A lament is kind of like a really sad song. And he gets his men to sing along this song and say, hey, I'm going to ask all of my men to sing this song with me. Basically, he is struck to the heart at the death of Saul. Now, I don't know about you, but if a man was trying to kill you, not only trying to kill you, but hunting you down trying to kill you, don't you think there would be a little bit of joy in your heart? Kind of thinking, man, thank goodness that that is over. But that's not what happens here. David actually mourns for Saul. David actually mourns. I understand him mourning for Jonathan, but I don't understand him mourning for Saul. But I think there's some godliness to that, that you understand when things break God's heart, that it also breaks your heart. That's a different teaching, but we're not going to go into that today. What I want you to grasp is David's state. David is mourning for Saul, and he's mourning for Jonathan, and we pick up in 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 25, and he reads this. He says, how the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. So now he's starting to go into the lament of Jonathan. He just finished it with Saul. Now he's going into Jonathan, and he's sharing a little bit. Next verse. He says, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. Jonathan was like a, a, an arm-to-arm fighter with David. You guys know how many, if there's, if there's military people in here or you have friends that are military, there's just a type of bond that you get in combat that you can't get anywhere else. And that's what David is describing here. Jonathan, my brother, you were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of a woman. It's a type of bond that only men that have been in the trenches together can get. And here he is lamenting in his life. But then just a few verses later, there becomes a shift. A shift in David's life. Everyone say shift. Say it like we're with some conviction. Say shift. There comes a time in your life where you must stop mourning. There comes a time in your life where you see and you have to stop crying about what you lost. You have to stop crying and mourning for Saul. That's what Samuel had to come to the resolution with. Is Samuel knew that he had to move on from Saul. That I know you prayed for Saul. I know that you believed in Saul. I know you wanted more out of Saul. But it's time to fill your cup with oil and be on your way again. Because God has found a man after his own heart. And what you are looking at as plan B, God was looking at as plan A. He found a guy that is pursuing his purposes. Can I tell you? God cannot, no person can tell you when to move on. Only God can tell you when you must stop mourning. There comes a time in your life where you have to say, that is that, that is what happened, and now I am looking to God, what God has next. Because I can't stay stuck in yesterday. I can't stay stuck. There has to be a shift in your life. You can stay stuck in your past. And you can miss out on the will of God if you're continually caught in what was. Can I tell you, 
What was is not as bad as you think it was, but it's not as bad as good as you think it was either. But what I find is that we can be so easily caught up in what was that we're missing what God is doing right now. There comes a time in David's life when he has to decide to step into what God has set him apart for. And the will of God can be like this. Now write this down. There comes a time when you have got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice to stop pretending to be someone else and start being the person that God has called you to be. Now this isn't a message about quitting your job and starting the next coffee company. Now many people may take that out of, out of context. Well, you know what? Pastor Eli talked about Peter jumping out of the boat and following Jesus. So I quit my job the next day and I figure I'm going to start this business one way or another. There is a sense of common, there is a, a need for common sense when it comes to these things. When it comes to following the will of God and what God has put, there is a timing that has to happen. There's some things in our lives that we have to think all the way through. The best advice I could give you is to start right now while you have a secure job, maybe a little bit on the side, and if you want to start doing that, go ahead and start doing that. But don't just completely quit your job and then do something. That doesn't make any sense. It's probably not the best time to start a business when you got four kids under the age of 15 and it requires you to work at it 19 hours a week. It's probably not the best idea. Well, I'm going to pray about it. How about you think about it? Like there's some things in our lives that we really have to just, just use common sense and think through. So David needed to know what to do next. Saul dies. David's supposed to be king. Jonathan also, the next one that should have been in the, in the right line of throne, dies as well. So David's trying to figure out what to do next. And I have a question for you. How many of you guys have a decision to make in what you need to do next? All sorts of hands up. What do I do next? And we all ultimately want to decide. You know, I find that even unbelievers that don't even follow God want to know, well, if God has a will for my life, I kind of want to know what it is. What does God have for your life? Now, I understand we're not all as big as King David. Like, you're not going to be the next king of Israel type thing. It's, this isn't like a, and you can be king too if you follow these steps. This isn't any of that. Your life is not that epic. My life is not that epic. But don't you believe that God's principles still remain the same? That how God leads people and how God guides people. We see David stepping into what God had set him over some 15 years earlier. Because David learned to trust God over the past 15 years of running, he was able to step in in God's timing. In any conversation that you have, ultimately when it comes to the will of God, lies on this one word, do you trust God? And if you trust God, do you trust God's timing? Can I tell you that trust takes time? Trust takes time. It takes time in your life to be able to develop trust with God. And sometimes it's actually through the hard seasons that enable you to know how to trust, which actually prepares you for God's perfect timing for your life. I don't want anything too soon that I'm not prepared for. At the same time, I don't want to miss up, miss out on what God has already prepared me for. Because if I find the right person to marry, 
but in the wrong time, can I tell you I'm still making the wrong decision? If I find the right job, but the wrong time, I'm making the wrong decision? If I find the right time to go to college, but do the wrong, be the wrong person when I'm there, I'm still making a wrong decision? So trust takes time. It takes time to trust God. But if I trust God, I know that I am patient with his timing. Because in 2 Samuel, this is just a few verses later, chapter two, verse one, it reads, in the course of time, David inquired of the Lord. We don't know how long that was. It could have been a few hours after Saul and David, Jonathan announced, they were announced that they were dead. It could have been a few years, a few months, most likely not a few years. It could have been a few weeks. We don't know how long, but what we know is that in the course of time, in course of time implies a shift that is happening in David's life where he was running from something. Now he is no longer running and the shift has caused David to inquire of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. He said, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, go up. David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. Wouldn't it be nice if when you asked God what you were supposed to do that you got this kind of feedback? I mean, I think I could be a guy after God's own heart too if God spoke to me like this. I think it would be pretty easy and simple to follow God. Let's read that again. Maybe I read it wrong. David asked the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, yep. David asked, well, where should I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. I would love to have that kind of insight into the will of God for my life. Could you imagine? What if you were sitting over here and you looked across the room and you said, God, should I ask one of those girls out? And God said, yep. God go, and then you go, which one, God? Cute one, front row, five foot nine, brunette, name is Kelly. Go and ask her out. Wouldn't it be great to know the will of God? But I found something significant about David. And write this down. This is something that I want you to get across. Is that wouldn't it be nice to know the next step of the Lord? Wouldn't it be nice to know? We found out that right after David said, God said, yeah, go up to Hebron. Then David went. He just did what God told him to do. So David went up there. Just went right up to the next thing. Following the heart of the Lord. It's easy when you feel like God is talking to you like that. And I find that David right here is, the reason why he's seeking the Lord is because he's seeking God's next step for his life. I wish God would talk to me like he does to David like right here. I almost wish like God would talk to me like Google does. That before I even type it out, Google already knows what I'm going to ask. Now some of you, depending on your permissions or your, how much you want them reading into what you're typing or anything like that, Google starts to know you a little bit, and then it starts to fill out and complete your sentence for you. That they know what I'm asking even before I ask. And what I see about Google Maps, though, is that it's always taking my next step into consideration. But sometimes when you're driving for a while, it hasn't said anything. How many of y'all been there? Where you're like, okay, I'm still on this road. Just want to check my phone again. Look at it. Is, it, is the app still open? Am I still on the right road? Because you always just want to check. 
you're already on your way to a destination. You're already on your way to where you feel like you're supposed to go because you've already typed it in to the Google, to the Google, to the directions. You've already typed it in. You already know where you're going, but you're just checking to make sure that you're still on the right path. And what I feel like David was doing was that he was already on his way to Judah, which was Hebron. He was just checking with the Lord. Can I tell you that God will not take your step for you? God will not do it for you. But you are also called when you are taking that step to check with the Lord, God, am I doing this right? God, is this still the direction that you want me to go? I believe that David asked the Lord and he was just checking. Say, just checking. There was a shift that happens. And when a shift happens, there is also a check. There is a shift that happens in David's perspective He's no longer running. Now he's moving to the throne that God spoke over him, to the will of God, to the thing that God spoke over him when he was a little boy. And now he's just checking, God, is this the right timing? Is this what you want me to do? Let's throw that back up there. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. What I found is that God orders your steps, yes, but he won't take those steps for you. In order for you, though, to walk in the will and the ways of God, you have got to do this one thing. Submit to God's ways in order to walk in his will. You gotta learn how to submit to God's ways in order to walk in his will. You gotta submit to Google. This isn't like some app or anything. I just thought it was a great illustration because I, I'm not condoning everyone needs to use Google Maps. This is nothing, you know what, it's just a difference, just an illustration. What I found though is that when we're looking at Google is I have a pride thing a part of me where I feel like I know what's best. I feel like I know the right steps to take. I feel like I can, this is the way I'm supposed to go. And how many know, when you look at that Google Maps, you kind of open it up and say, that's the route it wants me to take? I got a much better way. Is that just me? Am I the only one that does that? I've learned to submit to Google. Because the many times that I have done that, Google knew things that I did not know. It knew traffic, it knew construction, thank you. I can't tell you how many times I turned down a road saying, this is just a shortcut right through here, but the road was closed. There's things that Google knows. Can I tell you in your life, there's things that God knows that you don't. There's things that God sees up ahead that you don't. Well, it doesn't make sense, God. I should take that job. It has, more, it has, it has a better offer. You know, I'm gonna be making a lot more money. And God says, no, you don't see. What good is it to get the dream job if you have to compromise your convictions? Because God sees a few steps ahead of you. God sees what you need to do. And what I found is that we can get so caught up in what we are doing, whether it be in getting the new job, going to a certain school, that we actually don't focus on who we are when we get there. And I ask this question concerning the will of God, what if who you are was more important than where you go? What if who you are as a believer in Christ was more important than where you go? Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, To trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. It says, submit to him and he will make your path straight. David's life, when he was in order, everything had like a flow to it, like almost like a rhythm to it. It had a flow. 
When he went to Hebron and Judah, which, by the way, Hebron was not the capital of Judah at that time, because know that everything God does, he does in steps, but also in stages. A stage of David's life was him running away from Saul. Another stage was him becoming king. From the point of Saul dying to David actually being king of where all of Israel, it took a period of time of over seven and a half years. But there were steps that were woven within that stage that God had for his life that he was to take. So God works in steps, but he also works in stages. And David goes and he asks God just a simple question. Is now the time, God? Is now the time? Because I do not want to go until you want me to go. And in one sentence, God told him what to do because for the past 15 years, David had learned to submit. Because get this, David had the choice to take the throne in his own hands. One day, Paul, uh, Saul was going to a cave to, to relieve himself. And he was trying to kill David, but didn't know that David was in the back of this cave. And so David crept up on him, and all the men were saying, David, here it is. This is the time when it was written about that now God will give his enemies into your hands, and you'll have your way to do whatever you want, whatever pleases you. And so David creeps up behind Saul and cuts a corner of his robe. And then David goes back into the cave, and I can, I can think of the men being like, David, why didn't you kill Saul? But the Bible gives us some insight into David's demeanor when he cuts this. It says that he was conscience-stricken. He was conscious stricken. And so Saul steps out of the cave and David comes out and says, Saul, see, I didn't kill you. I just cut the corner of your robe. But David was actually convicted because he said, if I'm gonna go after what God actually has me for, I can't go after it like this. Because David was more aware of who he was rather than where he was going. And many of us, though, lose sight of who we are and in an effort to achieve where we are going. Can I tell you that who you are is more important than where you go? What kind of college should I go to? Should I go to Creighton or UNO or University of Nebraska-Lincoln? Can I tell you it doesn't matter unless you go to Iowa Hawkeyes? Then it's like you're actually war running away from the will of God. It's just a joke. I'm just having fun up here. I'm just playing. It doesn't matter. Because it actually matters less about where you go and more about who you are going to be when you get there. Because God has the way of ordering your steps, you see. Well, what if I was supposed to marry this person at this college? Okay. You don't think God's big enough to maybe have her come to another basketball game that you're going to and then you guys cross ways in the parking lot? Do you think God's that small? Well, let's put it this way. What if you marry the wrong person? How do I know who I'm supposed to marry? What if I marry the wrong person? Well, let's put this into perspective. So let's say that you married the wrong person or you're thinking about marrying the wrong person. So now she married the wrong person and the person that was supposed to marry her now isn't marrying the right person anymore. And now they are going out and pursuing another relationship and marrying the wrong person. And so now you have all of these wrong couples married together and not only that, they have all the wrong babies. And you just screwed up the entire system, the entire universe, because you married the quote-unquote wrong person. That's a lot for one person to handle. A lot of pressure. 
Take the pressure off. Say that with me. Say, take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. Because we trust God's timing. Can I tell you that when you delight in God's ways, you will always be in his will. It's less about who you marry and more about who you are when you marry someone. Being the right person. It's not a right person marrying a 50% person because a right person marrying a a, a 50% person, all they're going to do is take from each other. It's two whole people being one. It's more about who you are than where you go, the job that you take, the person that you date. When you delight in God's ways, you will always be in his will. Go back up, Psalm 27, 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are, what does that say? Ordered by the Lord. Ordered. So first we know that we have to submit to God. There's a shift that happens in our perspective. Then we have to submit to God. But there's also this word order. There's a right order to things that God has for you. There's a right order to life. There's a right order to phone numbers. You get her number, but you don't have those numbers in the right order. You're going to be calling the wrong person. There's the right order. David couldn't be a king until he learned first to be a shepherd. There's an order. David needed to learn something at the bottom to make him the man he needed to be to carry what God called him at the top. So your steps are ordered of the Lord, taking one step at a time, one step at a time. Because if I'm trying to skip steps, I'm liable to fall on my face. But many of us, we get to that point where I kind of know where God's going to get me and where he wants me to be. An example, case in point, maybe someone that wants to be a pastor in their life, all they ever want to do is have the mic, but they don't ever know how to serve people or to love people. And usually what that looks like is just saying hi, giving people hugs. Well, but I'm, I know what God spoke of. You're liable to fall on your face. Can I tell you, your steps have an order to them. They have an order to them. He says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. But what's the next verse say? Psalm 37, 24. But though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his right hand. So even if I take the wrong step, even if I'm on my way to God's will and I take the wrong step, it says I will not fall, for God upholds him. So my my, my confidence, my trust is not in my own ability. It's not even in my own timing. It's in the hand of the Lord. It says, though he falls, utterly cast down, the Lord upholds him with his hand. My steps are ordered. And when I fall, I don't fall, I fall forward. Because I'm taking steps towards God. I'm taking steps. God knows what to do and when to do it in your life. Do you trust God's order when he moves you away from his purposes? What seems like running away from being king, running away from your quote-unquote purpose, your will that God has for you? But God was teaching him something. God was teaching him something. That even the best steps that God has, the best steps, all my steps are ordered to the Lord as I'm walking up towards my purpose. But can I tell you, 
the same as those steps are ordered the Lord, so are these ones. These steps are also ordered of the Lord. The good times, what seems like progression, moving towards your purpose, but also the hard times, pain, learning how to go through trials, losing hope for your calling, your purpose, your marriage. These right here, God uses this too. Because can I tell you, one of the most powerful hearts of worship is one that has been afflicted. A heart that continues to cry out in the good times. Okay, great, cool. These are praise God up here. But the thing that sustains you up here is a heart that you learn to praise down here. What good is it if I get everything I want, but I miss everything I'm supposed to be? And you're a worshiper first, a person after God's heart. God said, I found a man after my own heart, who when he gets here, he will still be a man after my own heart. Because he started with who David was rather than what David was going to do. Are all of your steps ordered by the Lord or just the ones that you like? God is still in order. You think you're going down today, but you're still in order. Be in God's order, not your order. Peter went up to Jesus and Peter said, Jesus, this isn't how it's supposed to happen. You gotta make your throne here on earth. This is how it's supposed to be. And Jesus actually rebukes Peter. He says, because you have the things of man in mind, not the things of God. But he says, I have to first go down and be killed to rise, to, be, to ascend higher and to be a, the throne above every other throne. So David had the things of man's perspective, but Jesus had the things of God's perspective. I said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. And John 12, 24 says, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Can I tell you that God has it all worked out? And just because it doesn't sound like it, he's working. And God does some of his best work in the dark. So God has this order to things. He has this order, kind of like how we have an instrument. Reeve, I want you to, I want you to, to play, me, play, me a, play me a note. Give me a note for you to play. Play it again. Keep playing it. Faster. All right, all right, so. All right. Now, that's a note. Doesn't sound like much when you just have a single note. Yeah, you could have a song. You could, you could do the, the chopsticks. The little chopstick, it sounds something like, but it's not very something that you would like want to turn on, you know? Well, give me another note. Give me, give me another note. Add that note to another note. That don't sound like much of anything either. All right, give me another, get, add another note to it. Maybe I'm missing something because it's not looking like it. I'm still, I still don't understand. Like, so give me, give me, give me some more, like. Okay. All right, I think I'm starting to hear a little bit. Okay, add some more to that. What else you got? Okay. What kind of, what kind of pace does that need to be at for it to like sound like 
a song. Give me, give me something with those same notes, those same things that God has given you before, the same thing I asked you to play that didn't make sense in isolation, but in sequence actually makes a song. See, in your life, you'll have things that do not make sense in isolation. But you are able to look back and say, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And I can look back at something that appeared to harm me and see how God can use it for his good. Would you stand to your feet today? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Whether they are up or they are down, your steps are ordered of the Lord. Go ahead. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. So after David goes to Hebron, something really quick happens in his life. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed King David king over the tribe of Judah. So now David has a glimpse again, but it'll be another seven and a half years before he is king over Israel. Can I tell you, sometimes God gives you a glimpse of what he asks you to walk towards. And the best thing about God is that even when I make a wrong turn, he'll tell me, hey, redirecting course. Because the destination's still the same. So no matter if you sinned yesterday, no matter if you felt like if God spoke it over, he's still calling you to it. It may look a little different. You may not get there in a, a, the same amount of time, but he still calls you to die in faith, pursuing the thing that God placed in your heart. We're never called to give up. We're never called to throw in the towel. As believers, as followers of Christ, we are called to look for the joy set before us, endure the hardship that we're called to go through because we look to the reward and I believe that this church is going to be one that even in our lowly places even in our high steps even in our down steps we can see how God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose come on do you believe that Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.